By practicing empathy and assuming the best in others by learning people's stories and finding common ground. There are a million ways to practice love, so today we light the candle of love as a reminder and a charge. With God's help, maybe bring love into a weary world. Amen. God rest you, Mary, gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power and we were gone astray. stand for the reading of the gospel. The gospel reading is Luke chapter 1, beginning with the 46th verse. 
And Mary sang, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowly state of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Indeed, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has come to the aid of his child Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. This past fall, our son played his first season of coach pitch baseball or we elevated from t-ball cat herding. If you've ever been in those fields, you understand how they move all at one. At least this time they were somewhat playing their own positions. But anyways, um, we were so excited to see him journey through this development and learning what it was about to play his position, be able to throw the ball across the field. But there was another development that was happening that Molly and I, and I could tell by the look of some other parents, weren't aware was going to happen towards the end of the season. And that was from another parent who had older kids in Little League. And so we show up to the second to last game and she sets down this portable speaker. And as one of our teammates got up to bat, she played a walk-up song. Now, if you're not baseball-minded, such as myself and some others, every single professional baseball player has their own walk-up song. It gets them hyped. It gets them ready to go to bat. And so when we started to do this for coach pitch, I was like, oh, this is too soon, way too soon. And I did think about this, Taylor. Can we start having walk-up songs when we come up to preach? that we get a little more hype, that we get a little more energy going for the sermons if we're feeling a little low that day. It was amazing. It was, you watch the kids approach the plate with a little more swagger. They still swung and missed, but that's okay. They, they were confident they were going to hit the ball over the infield grass. They were excited about this. Think about your favorite movie. Or think about a movie that you know the score to. Again, I, I will not sing, and that will scare you away. But if you were to think right now, a classic movie where a song just comes to mind, I'm just going to name one, is Star Wars. 
You probably all can begin to think about like the sound at the opening of Star Wars as the words scroll up the screen. There's probably other movies that you know where you could hear the music right now or shows on Netflix or whatever it might be where the songs and the music help move along the scene, help move along the images on the screen that help transform your experience to a deeper appreciation of what's on, what the actors are saying, what is the scene transpiring to be about, all of these things. I mean, there's no, re and there's not a surprise when there's a best award for best score for movies, right? We think about these songs, we think about music in our lives. Actually, I, before I get any further on, Will Timms actually inspired my theme for today, which is music. Will will, will will text me every once in a while and he says, hey, what what music or what song really speaks to you right now? Or what's your favorite song of Advent or the Christmas season? And so he did this a couple um, weeks ago and as I was looking and studying for this I was like that's I like this I like this approach we can take with today's scripture as you heard Sarah say Mary sang we're thinking about music today we're thinking about words we're thinking about lyrics we're thinking about the movement of music and how it forms and transforms us how it inspires us how it changes us just the other day as I was um, thinking about this sermon as well, it just so happened that CNN did this report of this surgeon. And I was so thankful it was an uplifting story. And this surgeon had this patient who was really anxious and apprehensive of going into this very serious surgery. So she began to sing. She began to offer, if you will, a lullaby to this patient who eased and who calmed and was able then to go into surgery without any more fret. If you've seen it, you've um, probably been moved to tears as I have at times when you have the stories of the Alzheimer or dementia patients and the therapists come into their room or come into the setting and I would call it music therapy. They'll put the earbuds into the patient's um, ears and they'll play a familiar tune. Perhaps it's Amazing Grace. Perhaps it's O Come, O Ye Faithful. Maybe it's Joy to the World. And you'll see this individual or these individuals begin to smile ear to ear, streams of tears of joy. And the next thing you know, they break out into song. There's something about music that stirs and churns within our hearts that make us feel at a very different level. Back in 1997, I lost my grandfather. I was 13 years old at the time. And he died in late summer. But as it was approaching the Advent season, we were driving to my grandmother's in Shelby, whom you've heard me speak of before. And as, was, as we were driving, Christmas music came on the radio station, and it was Noel, first Noel. And I remember just immediately, it hit me, and I, be just, I began to cry, and my parents were like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? Is everything okay? Um, and I just said, I just miss granddaddy. 
it was going to be the first Christmas without granddaddy. I'm sure we've all been there. The first Christmas, the first Thanksgiving, the first birthday, the first whatever it might be of missing somebody. And this particular song struck a chord in my heart that day. And for some years afterwards, every time I heard that um, song within worship or outside of worship, I would well up with some tears for missing granddaddy. But as I got older, I still miss him. We still miss our loved ones who have gone on. And I hear the first Noel, I, I get welled up with hope and with joy now, thinking about granddaddy and grandmommy and the rest of our family who have gone on before and the other saints who, who sing in a heavenly host, who join us, who join all our voices. And I think about that music that changes us and shapes us and forms us of who we are becoming. And all this aforementioned stuff is about music, not really getting into the lyrics, right? When we think about the lyrics that accompany these songs and accompany this music, we then go on to a deeper level. We consider the poetic nature, the inspirational words, the comforting, the challenging, and the provocative words that are strung together that form these songs, that speak to us, that move us. And to be fair, there are some songs out in this world that we best be served for our brains just to kick out and not remember the words, right? We can probably think of some of those as well. The wonderful thing about really good music, really good words, really good movement, and it helps transcend us into places really no other art can often do. There really nothing else can do in this world. It helps move us in our minds. It helps move us in our hearts. It helps transform. It helps carry us from generation to generation. The lyrics take us beyond ourselves. That's what I think I love so much, is how it moves us beyond just our individual selves. As we were singing, O come, O ye faithful, we united all of our voices, right? We were moved together as a worshiping body. We were moved with all the other voices who have sung that before, who may have sung it to us as kids, and as we were singing it to the kids in this space right now. Other moments where I've been moved and transformed by music, and perhaps you've had this experience as well, is whenever I've traveled abroad and you're worshiping in a new space, whether it's Khmer in Cambodia or Spanish down in Mexico with our partners, and you're singing a familiar song, and you're moved and you're transmitted into this space, and you don't know what they're saying in Khmer, perhaps in Cambodia, but you know the same lyric that you're speaking at the same time in the same tune, if you can hit a tune, and you're taken there into this beautiful moment. As you heard Sarah say as she opened the reading of this song that was offered to us today, Mary sang. In scripture it says Mary said, but I, 
I think it's better put to say Mary sang. Mary was sitting with Elizabeth and she was singing this moment together. She was offering these words before us that we have heard. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has looked with favor on the lowly state of his servant. And she sang and she sang and she sang. I wonder, what was the score like? What did that feel like? What, what was the movement of the music? Would it have been by harp? Would it have been by a big organ piece? Would it have been a subtle guitar? Whatever it might have been, the beauty of this song that we have heard today, these lyrics that we have heard proclaimed today, is that helps us move from generation to generation. That Mary proclaiming these words in that space with Elizabeth and herself and the two babies within the womb is it went moved from generation to generation. When we think about our favorite songs and the favorite lyrics that move us and change us and shape us, we do it by memory, right? We could sit here right now and probably say some of the words of our favorite songs, and, and it's all from our heart. I call them a heart song. Mary, in her saying and singing this song, it's all from her heart. It's all from every ounce that she could well up to utter these words. And they weren't tritely just thrown out that day in that room. They were purposeful. They were intentional. They were powerful. And it's because she was so well-versed in the Hebrew Scriptures all of these words that are joined together for this beautiful song come from generations before her. That she knew her scriptures so well, that she knew these words of her ancestors so well, it, that they just came naturally. That she put them together in one of the most beautiful songs that we have ever heard, one of the most powerful heart songs that we would best be served to begin to be in our hearts, for us to memorize them, for us to allow them to shape and transform how we live and how we interact in this world. Heart songs or songs of the heart, they become committed within ourselves. They are etched into the very essence of who we are, just as these words were etched into Mary's heart so that she could proclaim this good news, that she could offer this prophetic word, that she could offer this joyous proclamation of what God was up to through whom she carried Emmanuel that she understood to the depth of her core, literally in her core, what was about to happen for this world. She owned that. See, Mary's song shows that the fulfillment of all promised blessings has come about and therefore brings about the fulfillment of all promises and praise and songs and events 
in the entire scriptures. This song that Mary's offering is the fulfillment of all promised blessings. Do you get that? You see how powerful and wonderful that is? Of all the promise that God was making, it was within her and soon to be birthed from her for fulfilling God's promise in this world. And for us, friends, as we embrace today as Advent 4, as we embrace this moment of what does it mean for us to sing this song from our hearts, we have to consider the ways that we are birthing Christ into this world. How we are showing up, singing a song that we're not having to thumb through some papers to memorize. But we are singing the song of Jesus that is etched deeply into our core of who we are and who we are becoming. So my question for us is, who are we becoming as a church? Who are we becoming as a body of Christ? Who are we becoming with and for the community? Who are we becoming as the fulfillment of God's prophetic word that we have heard sung to us today? How are we showing up with and for our neighbors who have been pushed aside? How are we showing up with and for our neighbors who are hungry for justice and hungry for a piece of bread? How are we showing up with and for our neighbors who felt like they are always the lowly but now are being lifted up and we are journeying along with them? Who are we becoming, church, as we find our ways to bring about God's love through Christ who lives in each and every one of us, waiting to be birthed through a sentence of, and a gesture of welcome and inclusion, waiting to be birthed through a, a sentence of come and have a seat at our table, waiting to be birthed through a hand to lift somebody up, waiting to be birthed by reaching out to embrace somebody in a hug as they grieve or they mourn. When we think about this, when we think about bringing the light of Christ into our world, when we think about this Advent, when we think about as we transition and move to Christmas Eve, let us always consider who are we becoming that others might be drawn to the song of Mary that we have heard. For the songs of the scriptures, for the songs that will be etched into our hearts, that we might be a lyrical beacon for the lost, for the hurt, and for the wandering neighbors that we encounter each and every day. Church family, who are we becoming? Let us pray. Gracious and merciful God, we just give so much thanks for this day, for this opportunity to be surrounded by one another. 
surrounded by you. For the movement and the music of your love to break the hardened parts of our hearts so that we might be soft, tender, compassionate and generous with our presence for our neighbors. So God, forgive us. Forgive us when we remain hard. Forgive us when we stay shut off. Forgive us when we choose to sing our own songs and not the songs of your heart, O oh God. God, we pray that you will work within us, that you will help strengthen our vocabulary, that you will strengthen our ability to use your words, for us to turn to the scriptures such as Mary did, to etch within ourselves words of hope, words of grace, words of prophetic strength, that we might speak words of hope and light into a hurt and a dark world. God, we pray that we will continue to seek ways that we will become the church that sings in one accord with the heavenly host, with those in this room, with those on the sidewalks and underneath the underpasses, whomever it might be, that we might sing a song of hope and love, that we'll continue to grow together as the body of Christ with and for this world. God, this season continues to be particularly hard for many. For those who are grieving, for those who are mourning, their loved ones, where this might be the first Christmas that they go without that person at the, te at the head of the table. God, we just pray for those families and those individuals. We lift to you those who are struggling particularly hard with anxiety that they might know that you are with them, that your hope surrounds them, and that they have a community here that will journey along their journey. Lord, for those who are facing depression, feeling particularly heavy, trying to find the light, God, we pray again that we are becoming a church that continues to show and demonstrate your light in this world. God, we, we seek peace. We seek peace for our, our weary selves as individuals, but also as a community and broader into this world. We pray for peace in Gaza and Palestine and Israel. God, we pray for peace in the homes where there is unrest and uncertainty of where the next meal might come from. God, we pray peace for our own country and the direction that we might be going or not going. We just pray that peace will be felt and embraced. 
Gracious God, we are so thankful for the gift of Emmanuel, that you are forever with us, that you have given us the chance to birth Christ ourselves in every moment that we can. So God, we lift this prayer and all the prayers that are on our hearts in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray together as a family saying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. At this point in the service, uh, as we prepare for our offering, I'm going to invite some, some of our children to come up and bless the gift. Dear God, thank you for the gifts of shelter, warmth, and security. We ask your blessings on the residents of North Reach Place who receive these gifts through housing. We are grateful for the volunteers who provide meals and fellowship each month. We ask for your love to be shown in all that we do. Amen. The, your offering continues to make positive impact in our church, and we are so grateful for the ways in which you have continued to be generous for this year.
church family, we have a song to sing. And what a joy that is for us to unite our voices, unite our hearts to offer Emmanuel that God is with us for this world. Merry Christmas, and don't forget your song. Go in peace. Sing this final song with us, church. Thank you.